invasion of Ukraine in February has led to several sanctions against Russia coming from important partners. Russia has had its diplomatic ties severely harmed after this event. However, another important partner of the Kremlin has not yet positioned itself in the UN and outside of it. This is the case of Brazil. Here, we'll discuss Brazil's reaction to the war in Ukraine, as well as the country's relationship inside the BRICS with the US and with China. Stay tuned. Today we're going to talk about Russia and Brazil's relations in context of the war in Ukraine. Russia and Brazil are important trading partners. Here we'll discuss the future of their relations and how Brazil positioned itself after the invasion of Ukraine. Our guest today and to talk about Russia and Brazil relations is Fabrício Vitorino, an MMA and specialist in Russian language at the Sao Paulo University. Mr. Vitorino, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Marina. So, Brazil is Russia's main trading partner in Latin America. Both countries cooperate in robotics, chemical industry, among others. Can this factor explain the fact that Brazil has not voted against Russia in the UN Assembly? Well, actually not. Just a little bit of context for uh, starting. Brazil and Russia, they have this commercial relationship of about 5 billion US dollars per year. And just to, to put it in perspective, Brazil and China, we have a uh, 125 billion US dollars per year. So the commercial cooperation between Brazil and Russia is not that relevant for the matter. Brazil has a long tradition of standing for uh, peaceful negotiations and standing against sanctions. So I think it, it was pretty clear from the very start, from the very beginning, that Brazil would not take side on this war between Russia and uh, Ukraine and, 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 and pledging and, and fighting for uh, peaceful negotiations. So I don't think, I, we, we don't see any reason why Brazil would vote for Russia. I don't think that Brazil's relations with Russia has any sort of influence in this position that we took in the United Nations. Brazil has elections coming up this year where Workers' Party Lula and far-right President Bolsonaro are the two main favorites. How can the results of these elections affect Brazil and Russia relations? Can they? Well, it's not very clear that any kind of Brazilian's position would uh, be influenced by Russia or the war. Because, you know, uh, moving back in time, every single president, every single Brazilian president from the 90s, I mean, Fernando Henrique, Lula, Temer, Dilma, every single Brazilian president so far has paid a visit to Russia. So despite the fact that we, we have been alternating parties in power, we have had a center left with the Fernando Henrique, we have had far left, the Workers' Party with Lula two times, we have had Dilma one and a half term, We had Temer, which is a center-right, and we have Bolsonaro, which is a far-right president we have in Brazil. So every single Brazilian president has paid a visit to Putin, to Russia. So we don't, we don't see any, any clear relation between the visits of President Bolsonaro and any kind of influence that the war may have in Brazilian, Brazilian election. So, of course, there's a whole context of Russia being connected to communism, to socialism. But I, I think this is more an, an imaginary picture, some sort of a, a 
stereotype that Brazilia, Brazilians have uh, about Russians, that uh, Russia is a communist country, that it is a socialist country. Of course, th that plays a, a huge role when you think of a, a, such a polarized election in Brazil that we, we we're going to have this year between the far left and the far right and the role that communism plays in this, uh, this, in this election between the, the Lula and Bolsonaro. But this confusion that Russia awakens in, in Brazilian elections, I think it plays uh, an important role in, in favor of Bolsonaro because Bolsonaro have visited Putin two, three months ago and, and Putin is seen as a strong man, as a strong president, as a strong leader, not as a, a dictator, not as a tyrant, but Putin still seen as a, a, as a, a family man, conservative politician. So it helps Bolsonaro more than it helps uh, Lula. So when Bolsonaro tries to attach his image to Putin, he's actually trying to, to, to put up a coalition of far-right, a nexus of far-right presidents, leaders from Russia, Hungary, and France. We've, we've seen Le Pen's rise in France. So there's this, this axis of far-right. And I think Bolsonaro is trying to play an important role in South America, in Latin America, of a, a leader of the far-right coalition in Latin America. So despite the fact that it has no direct influence in our elections, we have clear evidences that it helps Bolsonaro to be attached to such an important and, and tough president, a tough leader, a resilient leader as Putin. So I think the conclusion is pretty clear on this uh, matter. And you mentioned that Bolsonaro traveled to Russia right before the invasion of Ukraine. What does that say in relation to Brazil's relationship with Russia and with the U.S.? Because he visited Russia right before the invasion. What does that say about the current relationship between Brazil and the U.S.? Well, taking a step backward, we, we must remember that Bolsonaro was elected in a trend that puts President Trump in power. So both Trump and Bolsonaro were very aligned. They share the same ideals, they share the same beliefs, they have the same uh, personality, they are very talkative people, they really enjoy being in the media and raising critical issues and discussing those critical issues with no sort of shame in the public uh, media. So Bolsonaro had this close, this deep alignment with President Trump. When Trump left power, he was not elected, and, and President Biden became the, the president of the United States. Of course, that pushed Brazil away from Washington. So relations between Brazil and Washington cooled out. And they, we must remember that President Putin took a visit, paid a visit to, to, to Bolsonaro in two, 2019, if I'm not mistaken. So, of course, Bolsonaro set up this trip to Russia before the war in order to to provoke to to raise to raise some sort of animosity between Brazil and, and, and Biden, and to show that he was not aligned to the new U.S. policy, 
So Bolsonaro takes off, goes to Russia, meet up with Putin. He, he took some positions in Russia that were very tough to Brazil. He literally said that Brazil showed some solidarity with uh, Russia's position. So that put Brazil in a difficult spot in, in relation to, to the United States. So long story short, Pro Bolsonaro had to pay back this visit that Putin took to Brazil in 2019. It was a programmed visit, but it was an unnecessary moment. It was a bad timing that Brazil showed his position, marked his territory against and in contradiction of the position that was set up by President Biden. And plus, after the meeting with President Putin, Bolsonaro took some time to visit President Orban in Hungary, and that was the, the cherry on the top of the cake. So, okay, you go to Russia, you meet up with President Putin, you have to pay this visit back. It was programmed. You, it would be bad diplomacy to cancel this visit. And you go there and you, and you talk some very rude stuff, bad stuff for the diplomacy. But to go to Orban right after Putin, it was a direct blow to, to President Biden. So it was completely unnecessary, completely bad timing and completely unexpected. Even President Orban in Hungary, he was not ready for President Bolsonaro. They had to set up a special room with improvised flags. They were not ready for the visit. Even the Hungarians, they did not believe that President Bolsonaro would pay a visit to Budapest. And we must remember that the Polish president, he canceled. He did not want to talk to Bolsonaro at that time. So the visit itself to Putin was bad timing, but the visit to President Orban was a clear message to President Biden. We are not aligned to the U.S. international policy. So Brazil and China are important trading partners. Among the main items traded are telephones, semiconductors, and broadcasting equipment. And despite that, People very close to Jair Bolsonaro made several comments about China that worried specialists regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. So they mentioned that it was a Chinese virus and the, 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 embassy, the Chinese embassy here in Brazil also condemned this comment. How is this relationship right now? Well, you see, it's like they say, it's easier said than done. And, and then we have this saying in Brazil, which goes like, the fish dies by the mouth. So Bolsonaro is a very talkative person. We have said this before, but we must understand that Chinese investments in Brazil are not short-term, are not medium-term. We have a long-standing relationship with China. We have a long-standing commercial relationship with China. And in 2019, China became the, the most important commercial partner in Brazil, even bigger in commercial terms than the United States. So with this picture that we have a long-term partnership with China, whatever President Bolsonaro may say or do, it doesn't seem relevant in the long term once again. So this very talkative president that we have here, he's, he acts, some, he acts some, some, in some occasions pretty much more like a stand-up uh, gig. So he goes to the, the press conferences and he, he says things that are not very aligned with the Brazilian policy, with Brazilian commercial, commercial teams, with a Brazilian diplomacy. 
He just says whatever comes to his mouth, mind. Fortunately, we have had a very, very competent minister, Miss Teresa Cristina, which runs the, the agriculture ministry. And she's been working very hard in the shadows, in the underground. She's been working very hard to, to build up, to sometimes rebuild this relation we have with China. We have had a few setbacks in this relationship over the last years. So Miss Cristina, she managed to improve some old agreements that we had with China and set up new ones. And even sometimes she acted as a firewoman, putting away some fires that President Bolsonaro ignited. Plus, we have this Chinese-Brazilian commission in high level of cooperation with China. This commission was, was some, in some ways deactivated. It, it has been not working, not operational for the last six or seven years. And Vice President Mourão, he went to China and he put this commission running up again. And China somehow received that message. Of course, China over the last two years reduced significantly its amounts of investments in Brazil, as China did in the whole world to the pandemic. So we have this solid long-term relation with China. And no matter what President Bolsonaro, no matter what kind of atrocities that President Bolsonaro may say or may do, I think Brazilian relation with China will endure. And, and we must remember here the Australian case, which is a very, very important case that we might bring to light. Australia and China, they have a, a very solid and a very long-term relation, commercial relation, just as Brazil does. But since the, the, the starting of the, the pandemic, Australia has been accusing China of deliberately creating the virus, the, the COVID virus. So it's been a very uncomfortable, unpleasant diplomatical issue. But the commercial relation between the two countries is up and running. It's very solid. So China is not up for playing. China is a serious, is a, the real deal. China is a serious business partner. But whatever may be the results of the Brazilian elections in this year, I think China is up to continue. It's, it's going to be the Brazilian number one commercial partner for the last, next decades. So China will survive Bolsonaro. And as I mentioned earlier, Brazil and Russia cooperate in the technology area. But Russia also cooperates with other countries as well, like Israel, which is a reference when it comes to technology. And also, Israel offered to mediate the conflict. How is this relationship right now when we talk about technology, the relationship between Russia and Israel? Well, Russia became one very important technology hub in the world. We must remember that the Soviet Union had a long tradition of technology teaching, technology development, which was in a different direction that the United States and Europe took in the 70s and in the 80s. They, they, they have managed to build up stuff and put up technology in a different way. So the brains that Soviet Union had, they migrated to the United States, to Europe, and mostly to Israel. That's point one. Point two, the brains that stayed in Russia after the collapse of Soviet Union, they managed to somehow create this huge, important hub, technological hub in Russia, which is Kolkovo, which is the Silicon Valley of Russia. And they, that Russian Silicon Valley managed to keep Russia and then uh, very relevant in the technologies, the global scenery. So that's point two. 
we have the brains that migrated to the United States and to Israel, and we have Skolkovo, which is a Russian Silicon Valley. And due to this historical connection between Soviet Union and Israel, the cooperation was enormous, especially in the 90s and in 2010 and the last decades, the cooperation between Russia and Israel is very deep, very profound. And, and it's important to remember that the cooperation between Israel and Russia and Ukraine as well, because there are so many Ukrainians and so many Russians and so many Russian-speaking people in, living in Israel and working for the technology market. And that connection, Brazil, we, we don't pay any role. We don't play any role in that connection. We are not relevant in the technology international global scenery. So whatever Russia built with Israel, and uh, it can't be uh, mined by even by an incident like a war with Ukraine. I think the cooperation between the two countries is going to continue to be relevant within the next decades. So I think technology is an important bond that keeps countries and people and nations and companies together. We have seen uh, very curious cooperations between the Russian Silicon Valley and Tel Aviv and California. You have this flow of people coming from Russia and going to California and, and coming from Tel Aviv and going to Russia. And it's, a, it's some sort of technology triangle. And of course, that helps in this cultural uh, interchange that, that goes between the th three countries. And unfortunately, Brazil has not managed to, to find its way in to this pipeline over the, the, the last years. Brazil seems to be more interested in, in, in any sort of military cooperation with Russia, which is, of course, an alternative to the United States, which is very protective to its uh, military technology. So, but even that cooperation, military cooperation with Russia, was outshined by, I've seen a lot of times, Russian delegations in Brazil. We have this huge military affair, which is LAD, which takes place, place in Rio de Janeiro. And Russians are not very into selling their technology. They are more into showing off. On the other hand, Israel is very, very proactive in, in selling and making business. And we have seen this cooperation between Brazil and Israel. And the security issue, Israel is, has been selling uh, those special devices that goes through mobile phones and, and hacking into systems related to privacy issues. So long story short, Brazil dreams about military cooperation with Russia, but the real thing is that Brazil cooperates even more with Israel, and it doesn't seem to have any perspective of changing within the next years. And the last question, Brazil and Russia are part of the BRICS, together with China, India, and South Africa. They form the groups of the five major emerging economies. India and China have offered to mediate the relations between Russia and the West. And my question is, what can we expect for the future of the relation inside this group? Most of them abstained from voting against Russia, the UN. So 
What can we expect for the future relations inside the BRICS after the war or during the war? Well, BRICS is a very curious organization in the, in the global scenery because you have clearly Russia very deeply, profoundly aligned with China and India. Russia is setting up an alternative to the SWIFT system, which is a bank system that has been used globally. So Russia is, is setting up its own system with India and China which is just about to, to, to be put in, uh, in operation within the next days. So you have Russia, China, and in India very profoundly aligned. And you have, of course, Brazil, which is uh, geographically very distant to this uh, triangle. We have aspirations of making business with India. President Bolsonaro visited India. It was the first visit of Bolsonaro. Uh, China, we have this commercial relationship, which, which is a very long term. We don't seem to have any deep bond with Russia, but those three items, the, the C, the I, and the R, which is uh, Russia, China, and India, they are very profoundly connected. And you have South Africa, which is a very unaligned country. Its president, Cyril Ramaphosa, has declared that he's not going to be aligned with the European and community and the United States. He blames NATO for the invasion. He, it's curious because he blames NATO for the invasion that Russia started. It's, it's very curious. Like a, a third actor was blamed. It's a very cynical position by President Ramaphosa. So he put South Africa in a very tough spot right now because South Africa is geographically isolated. It's not a very close partner with China, with India. It's like a secondary or third market to countries. I think we have the sensation that South Africa was not due to compromise. He, he tried to, to stand for a, a neutral position out of the blue. So in a way, we have China, India, and Russia very aligned. You have South Africa kind of in a position of isolation, and you have Brazil, which had a, a long diplomatic tradition of being against sanctions and being pro-diplomacy, ruled by a far-right president. And Brazil didn't find its, its place in the geopolitics, the current geopolitics. So we have this tendency of separating the S and the B. And you keep and it, 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 the BRICS more some sort of a RIC, Russia, Ninja, and China very deeply aligned, and the B and the S somehow being outcast. So I think it's going to be interesting to, to see what's, what's up for the BRICS organization. Well, that was very clarifying. Mr. Vitorino, thank you so much for the clarification. Well, it was my pleasure. Anytime. This is Marina Guimarães for Wikistrat. <laughs>